Welcome back everyone, after our two or three week hiatus, we are back with uh, another pod to just talk about fucking MMA. Uh, quite a lot has gone on, but at the same time, not much since we last spoke. Um, let's match VIU, it's like the biggest one, um, but it came at a good time to be fair, we're back for the Aldo card this weekend and then next weekend Poirier Oliveira and then that's it I think after next weekend there's I think Derek Lewis is fighting Dorcas and then there's no fights for a month so yeah it's coming pretty good time for our uh, our little break before Christmas uh, but yeah how you doing man yeah all good cheers hi everyone good to be back on the pod back in the zone so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend's fights, but uh, that Oliveira Poirier fights just in the back of my mind. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, after the Poirier Oliveira card, we'll do like a a year in review of MMA. We'll pick out our like knockouts, fights of the year, fighter, female and male, all that shit. So uh, yeah. Stay tuned for that because that will be this year in MMA has been like I feel like every year in MMA is like the greatest year ever because it just keeps getting better. But this year has been fucking bananas. Like lit like Connor losing twice, Usman fucking Hamzat coming out of nowhere. Like uh, it's been chaos. Yeah. And the skill level just keeps going up, up, up. So like yeah. more outrageous finishes. Yeah. More insane matchups. It's just yeah, good time to be an MMA fan. So that starts us off very nicely with uh, Max Viu. I know it was like two weeks ago, but we never really spoke about that. So yeah, how uh, how impressed were you with both fighters? Really, that was such a sick scrap. Like it lived up to what we hoped it would be, maybe even more. But uh, Max Max gets hit quite a bit, but he's just so tough. And like he's so well rounded, and Yair, even Yair is so impressive. He throws so much, so many like creative world techniques, while still having pretty solid fundamentals as well. Like I used to just see him as a taekwondo guy with like all right hands, but he's really developed like a pretty solid boxing game as well now. And yeah, it was just a wicked scrap back and forth. Max kind of took charge in the middle with the takedowns and the ground game groundwork. Um, again, just his volume, his ability to just maintain an insane pace throughout the whole fight is uh, just so impressive. He's such a fan-friendly fighter as well, like nothing but respect after the fight towards Yair. Um, they were both bust up, like really bust up. Uh, I loved Yair's leg work early. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely smashing those shins into uh, into uh, Max's calf. Or calves and uh but his foot afterwards his foot was a balloon as Connor would say uh, yeah yeah water scrap such a good fight yeah it really was so impressive to see Max like use that uh that championship almost like championship way of fighting you saw it with like Usman and Colby as well it's like first two rounds are very very competitive and Max was just like yeah, nah I'm good enough yeah. to beat you in every area of the mixed martial so 
like the way he controlled his back because like, I've never seen Max grapple really. I've never really seen him grapple for per se in any of his fights, but yeah, like him just showcasing that he has that in his locker. That's just championship. Yeah, it was that power double leg. I think such a not really a turning point, but it was just like the confirmation of that Max is the man. Like he, just, he was like, "Nah, I'm not losing this." In the yeah. eyes of the judges here, I'm just going to shoot a power double leg, perfectly timed, perfectly timed, and just control the rest of the round. You say get ahead on the scorecards and then just coast over like the ten minutes of round three and four. Max probably had back control for like two minutes, two and a half minutes, maybe three, and just total like literally back mount and just yeah, yeah, just can't really do anything at all. Like pure dominance after what was a. I wouldn't say shaky first two rounds, but yeah, you fucking hit him a lot. Um, he did. A lot. He threw, he threw some wild shit as well. One of the, my favorite moments was when Yair's back was against the cage and he threw an upward elbow. Yeah. And it landed perfectly. Like, not, it landed, but it was like, it, it had been like an inch upwards. It would have landed flush on Max's chin, but yeah. it cut Max. Max's face was cut up. Like, Yair is nasty he's got some really nasty like uh techniques but yeah I, that was just a sick fight both such enjoyable fighters to watch technically proficient like yeah the pair of them are like you say just technically so proficient i think to be honest i was more impressed with matt uh sorry with yair than i was with max after like coming back to that two years off fucking animal like looks better than ever whereas with max like you just expect that kind of performance from him now yeah, I, I think Yair now, whoever he fights within the top five, top ten, he's you fancy him. Like he's very, very good now. And he's he's still I swear he's still pretty young. And he's I don't think he's thirty yet. I think he's still in nah, his twenties. His rate of improvement between fights has been very clear to see as well. And I'm sure he'll just keep developing. Uh I I wouldn't be surprised if we see those two fight again. Like I sometime would love- down the road. I'd love to see him fight again. I just think, like, one of the things I saw Volkanovski say after the fight, he was like, mate, fair play, all credit to Max, but, mate, Max gets hit a lot. and One day, his, his chin is going to go. Uh, and at first, I was like, ah, like, Volkanovski, like, not really trash talk, but, you know, but in reflection, like, he's spot on. I really do think, when you look at the amount of strikes he's landed, but you look at the amount of strikes he's fucking taken and absorbed. There's so, so many. Like, he's been in so many dogfights. Even, like, against, like, Kata, he was still getting hit in those fights. He really does, like, walk through the fire every single time. Um, I think that's probably why he stopped sparring. Yeah, definitely. But even then, I just... Yeah, fuck. That's a really good point. But, yeah, word is that uh, him v. Volk is uh, in the works for March. So, I think, to be honest, I think my money's on Volk in that fight again. I reckon Volk can, uh, I think Volk, the way he looks against Ortega, I feel like Volk could probably get it done in, like, more decisive fashion than the first two fights. Uh, I mean, when you look at how Max fought against Kato, he's kind of enters God mode at times, but I think Volk is just fucking... Just unbelievable. The way he looks against Ortega. I reckon Volk will... Uh, I think they're Volk easily will probably... Just, yeah. 
They're easily the two best featherweights, though. Um, easily. Both their fights were, both their fights were so close. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we just see a similar sort of thing because Max is just so tough. Um, but Volk could be right if he catches him in the right place and his chin just goes like we saw with uh, Jorge. Yeah. No one thought Jorge could be finished in that manner. It can happen. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, it's just Max Holloway, isn't it? He's yeah. quite hard to bet against Max Holloway, the way he's looked last sort of year, last year or so. Yeah, no, totally. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to that one. So, moving on, uh, the Hamza, the Ham himself. Uh, I mean, more so just like what's next for him, do you think? Like, there are loads of rumours he's going to fight Gilbert Burns. But, like, that hasn't, we haven't had any con- confirmation of that yet. And... I'm so, I'm so on board the Hamza train. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know he hasn't fought necessarily anyone in like the top top of the food chain but like i went down like a bit of a hamzat rabbit hole i watched a couple documentaries oh ham like yeah <laughs> uh and the guy's just i think he's different like it's like from stories that i've heard of like alexander gustafson saying that he basically like would get manhandled by hamzat in the early days of hamzat coming to the gym that's coming from like a top level light heavyweight who kind of went toe to toe with John Jones in their first fight and had actually took John Jones down. Like he's he's, he's no mug, Alex uh, Gustafson. Hamzat comes from such a tough part of the world, grew up surrounded by like literal warfare. So mentally, he's like immediately way tougher than most of the guys that he'll face just because of his upbringing uh, and what he's like had to overcome and just f- like technic from a technical standpoint as well. He's just, he's literally faultless. Uh, his wrestling is insane and his, his striking, even though it's limited as to what we've seen, but like the way he knocked out Mershart, I mean, his grappling alone is just so dominant in, in from what we've seen anyway. To to have what land to have absorbed one strike yeah. in four is it in four fights? Uh four now, yeah. So that's just insane. Like that at that level within the UFC, that shouldn't be possible because of the caliber of opponent you should be facing. So that alone is just so impressive. Uh, but yeah, the, the way he talks, his confidence, uh, I've said it before, kind of reminds me of their similarities between him, him and like Conor McGregor, just his level of self-belief. It's like he just knows that he's going to murk everyone. I could just be completely uh, being, being bought in by the, the sort of UFC hype. They love to push a good story, but like he just looks a bit different. I, th- I feel totally. I think the way he, the fact he's only twenty-seven as well, is fucking mind-boggling. Um, but yeah, like we saw him in that wrestling match with Jack Hermanson, uh, like two weeks ago, and he fucking ragdolled Hermanson, like who is a big middleweight, uh, and he like who is also a wrestler and a grappler middleweight, 
that is his expertise. And yeah, Hamza fucking firstly, Hamza at one eighty five looked fucking swole. Like I don't know, were they fine at one eight were they wrestling at one eighty five or was it a just a catch weight kind of or yeah, whatever, I don't know actually. Yeah, whatever way know. it was, Hamzat looked healthy and hydrated and he looked fucking enormous. Mm. Um see so yeah, I'm with you, man. I just I think he's gonna fuck up everyone. But I just think what's next for him? I don't know. There's so many options at middleweight and welterweight. I like the Burns fight, but like now that Masvidal has pulled out of the Leon Edwards fight, maybe Burns v Leon makes more sense and maybe you give Hamzat I think Colby, he'll, maybe, or? Um, I think he'll stay. Yeah, so he'll, he'll stay at welter. They they're focusing on welterweight now. Yeah. He's said that his coach wants him to just focus on welterweight. Grab the belt there. I think maybe before he fights anyone top five, maybe like a, a Neil Magny. <laughs> um, I know. I don't know if that's because I just don't think it's fair for him to fight anyone who isn't in the top five for the, his opponent's sake. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but. With that being said, like Li Jingliang, he's a good kind of journeyman level fighter at best. We've got to be completely honest, with no disrespect. Neil Magny poses way more of a challenge in terms of the grappling. Now, yeah, that's not to say that Hamzat's not going to just completely run through him the way he has everyone else, but I still would want to see it. And yeah, I guess if, I you're mean, the- if you. Go on. But yeah, as you said, though, at the same time, I do feel like he's just so good that he yeah. could fight someone in the top five right now. Like, yeah. It, he just loves fighting as well. Like, he's not like, you can tell there's not an ounce of fear in him. Like, he literally just loves it. And it's all kind of a game to him. And he's just, he's actually so good at it as well. Like, I've seen like his training footage. He just murks people. Um, ridiculously athletic as well. Uh, someone who was his build, and he's at such—he's at a wicked gym as well in Sweden. And yeah, to be fair, you're right. I think he could just fight someone in the top five. I think he'd be absolutely fine. Whether he dominates someone in the top five the way he has other people—that's another question. And if he does that, geez, then you're looking at a real problem. You're looking at like the new man within the UFC. If he's able to dominate people the way he has, um his opponents in the UFC so far, if he's able to do that to people in the top five, geez. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah it, you're going to be looking at like Conor McGregor levels, Khabib levels of fame and like popularity for sure. I think in fairness to Magni, Magni has been calling him out the whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but fair enough. I think if you're the UFC, you want to build him up a bit. You know, fuck it. He fights number 10, then he fights number seven. He wins, then he fights top five. You know, there's a natural progression route. But yeah, I just, I think he walks through everyone really, apart from like when you get to like the Gilbert Burns, the Colby Covingtons, the Usmans, even like Leon, the Masvidal. I think he'd fuck up Masvidal. I don't really see how Masvidal would be able to compete simply because Hamzat's so big. Like he's Mm. so fucking big. He's a yeah. middleweight fighting at 170. Like, whereas guys like Masvidal, Burns, Colby, they're blown up. Well, uh, they're blown up feather lightweights, really. Like Masvidal and Burns both fought there for a while. Colby isn't that big. Um, 
but yeah, I think the point is like we need to just enjoy the ride <laughs> because yeah. soon, like when he's champion, it's not really going to be well if he becomes a champion. It's kind of like ah, oh, okay, well, you know, he's champion now. You know what I mean? Like with Khabib, you're like you got to enjoy the rise because once you're at the top, it becomes you know less exciting because he's the best. You got to enjoy the anticipation and the the not knowing. Yeah, uh, he he did a really good interview with Brett Okamoto on ESPN, and like got quite personal. And it was like he basically talked about his family and said that he he literally just if he earns loads of money he'll give most of it away uh, to like his friends and people in Chechnya uh, to support them. And he like highlighted how much he cares about his mum and. Like it's so weird to see one of those guys, like Dagestani guys, uh, who are like the hardest cunts going. <laughs> this guy just like professing how important his mum is and like how pe- people should respect women more. And like that's yeah, pretty. Uh, it was pretty cool to hear. Uh, I'm 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 backing him all the way now after hearing that. <laughs> yeah, we spoke about this like in the last podcast. I feel like with like. Just like Islamic values, like what it means yeah. if you're Muslim, like family values, like no drinking. Um, you know, you have a core set of principles that you follow your life by, and there is no, you know, there's never an exception. That's it. It's all about, you know, respect and looking after your family, all that shit. So, yeah, I think he's going to be a champion within the next year, as long as matchups permitting. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, I guess we'll see. That we shall. So, speaking of uh, Russians, we have the young Mokhayev Muhammad, the uh, the Wigan-bred Dagestani UFC fighter now, 21 years old, just been signed to the UFC. Uh, huge, huge prospect coming out of Wigan. So he's a northern lad. Um, I, I've seen a few bit of his footage, but I guess... You know, just watch out. 21 years old makes him the youngest fighter on the UFC roster and youngest fighter to ever fight in the UFC. So he's a huge, huge prospect. Um, you know, he's got crazy, crazy good fundamentals in wrestling from when he was growing up in Dagestan. And then I think when he was like 13, left Dagestan and went to Wigan as a refugee. So again, another tough, tough lad. Like been through you know a lot of hardship in his life and now signed to the UFC at 21 he's got all the potentials of becoming a, a proper big star and also repping the UK more than anything you know I think he's granted his citizenship like fairly soon after he signed for the UFC so yeah definitely one to watch out for yeah his accent quality it's like a mixture of <laughs> Dagestani and Wigan Wiganese <laughs> Wigani wanna smash your brother <laughs> yeah it's quality he, he looks like a beast as well like, he looks very very good for 21 Flyweight years old as well what's say. his record 30 and 0 6 and 0 as a professional I think at 21 yeah, that's, that's crazy 30 and 0 isn't it and never taking an L that's mad yeah yeah so uh, we look towards, it up. yeah so a uh, flyweight as well like, you could kind of walk into that flyweight division there's not really anyone there apart from Figgy Murray, oh be fair, Garbrandt, Kaikara France, Moreno, Figgy. 
Roy Val. There's a few good good names there. Yeah, they're kind of building it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mokaya is a fucking tremendous addition to that division, though. And you've got to think as well, if he's a flyweight now at 21, there's every chance in five, six, seven, eight years' time, in 10 years' time, you know, he might be a bantamweight, a featherweight. You know, he, he's my age, you know. So, but yeah, so there's definitely one to look out for. Um, so, I guess this is the, the last piece of, like, breaking news. Fucking Kevin Lee been cut from the UFC, which is kind of a bit weird, unexpected. Um, yeah, what do you make of that? Uh, when I saw the headline, I actually wasn't that surprised because, I mean, let's just bring up his record. Like, of recent, I, he's been very, like, up and down, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, he's been... So he's lost, of his last five fights, let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, his last seven fights, he's only won twice. Yeah. Lost five of his last seven. Granted, Tony Ferguson, Edson Barbosa, Ally Quinta, Rafael Dos Anjos, Gregor Gillespie, Charles Oliveira, Daniel yeah. Rodriguez. He's had no... That's Mate, the thing. He's fought... In kids. fairness to him, it, yeah. And I saw at the interview he did with Ariel Hawani, he said... If you're a young fighter, pick and choose your fights. Do what Sean O'Malley's doing. Build your brand. Don't take the fights against the toughest guys in the world because if you lose however many in a row, you're going to get caught. Yeah. And the UFC are really quick to beg you to take fights. And then when you do and lose, they're happy to just throw you to the curb. And uh, I, I kind of get where he's coming from, you know? But like, I don't know. If you're a fighter... Surely your mindset should just be that you're the best and you know you are and you'll just fuck everyone up. Not always the case, obviously, but yeah, it's kind of a double, double-sided double thing. It's interesting, though. I get where he's coming from. If you want to have longevity, maybe it is a better idea to take slightly easier fights and just build your skills, build your brand. Um, yeah, I think in Kevin Lee's case... I've seen he's struggled with alcohol addiction in the last few years, he's saying. Um, and also, he's been banned by USADA for fighting for six months, I think, because he was taking Adderall because he has ADHD. So it sounds like he has like quite a few demons that he's been battling in the last few years, which have led to him not being very active. Because like, he's fought once since... Well, he fought on that COVID card in Brazil against Oliveira which was like March of last year. And then since then, he's only fought once and it was against Dan Rodriguez and he lost. So <clears throat> I kind of understand why. I think he was saying in the aerial interview as well, like some kind of politics behind it as well, with like his manager is also Ngannou's manager and the UFC supposedly wanted to get one over on him. So they caught Kevin Lee as like some kind of politics. I don't really understand. Sounds like a lot of in-house shit, but... Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like... I feel bad for Kevin Lee, but at the same time, he can make... He could make millions. I think he's... His potential... He's not even in his prime yet. I think his potential is fucking high as long as he sorts out, you know, like the alcohol problems or whatever demons he's battling. Yeah. But in somewhere like Bellator or like even 1FC would be sick. I think at lightweight or at welterweight, I think he's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give him a loads of, loads of credit for even just 
making his way up to fight Tony Ferguson for an interim title at such a young age. And nearly winning. And, and nearly winning, winning yeah. Fight. Not so even in his won. prime. Yeah. No, he did. He did. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he talks a tremendous amount of shit as well. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like he maintained throughout his career that he would have beat Khabib. And it was just like, eh, you, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure about that? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I do think that it's all part of his persona, though. But I definitely, it's weird because I always, I never liked him. But I always wanted to watch him fight for that reason. But now I'm kind of like, nah, I think he's all right. I think he just, I saw in that interview, he said he had to play, he had to sell himself again or something. So he was looking forward to like being that guy. I, I just, so I kind of think it's an act, but uh, no one can ever take away that, that Gregor Gillespie head kick from him though. That's like one of the greatest knockouts and like one of the hardest pictures ever of him walking away from fucking Gillespie's like rock hard cold body on the floor so you know he has moments to remember from the UFC for sure and Gregor Gillespie is a very tough fight as well like that's not an easy fight he head kick KO'd him that's yeah as you said no one can take that away from him and you know who knows maybe you'll go on a tear in like Bellator and then eventually look like a machine again make his way back into the UFC but yeah. we'll see that we will. So, <clears throat> speaking of uh, Khabib, Islam fighting Benil Dariush, Benil the Devil, uh, fucking just like perfect matchmaking. The fight we I wanted it. to see, we did indeed call it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm just I'm buzzing. That is the perfect fight. I think uh, winner gets title shot, and it means that Gaethje fights the winner of Poirier Oliveira. No, it works out well. I think Poy Oliveira next week. So, Dariush Islam is March or Feb. So, you know, the chronology of it works well. Timeline's good. Fucking, it's good to see the UFC just getting on with lightweight and, like, ma- making the fights we want to see and that have to happen. Yeah, 100%. I just really hope both these guys stay fit and injury-free yeah. because that is just a wicked matchup. And we'll really see where Islam's grappling's at. If it's as good as everyone says it is. Because Benil Dariush's grappling is phenomenal. Like, so high level. So, could just end up being a stand-up war. <laughs> which would yes. be mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a sick matchup. That's a really, really good matchup. Um, really evenly matched, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, like Islam's in trouble as well if it stays on the feet. Like, Benil's, maybe. Benil's got power. He's got hands of stone. He but does. He's knocked out people recently. He does. I don't know if he's, his fundamentals in stand-up are as good as Islam's. I think Islam's yeah. kickboxing is actually pretty decent. Uh, like, he's fundamentally pretty sound defensively and offensively. Yeah. So, so yeah, I can't really call that. Like, I'm not, not sure I can call that. Yep, Darius Islam. It's a fucking great fight. Uh, another fight that recently was announced. <laughs> Bit of a weird one. Like, wasn't really expecting this at all. Edson Barbosa v. Bryce Mitchell. Like, it's intriguing. But I'm kind of like, all right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like it. I like that. I never even would have considered that as a fight. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I just was like, all right. 
Did you okay. hear Bryce Mitchell's <laughs> dropping a mixtape? Did you hear that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Did a interview with Ariel recently. Said he's like he's dropping a mixtape. Uh, I think he like raps maybe. <laughs> Country boy, hillbilly yeah. mixtape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he raps actually. I don't know if he said he raps, but I I saw that he said he's going to drop a mixtape. Which is jokes. He's actually so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyone is well. a anyone's a fan of uh, Theo Vaughn. He's like also a really funny comedian from uh, Louisiana. Uh, he did a podcast with Bryce Mitchell, and they're literally like the exact same person. They're both so funny. Just hearing them talk, uh, hilarious man. But yeah, Bryce Mitchell, his jujitsu is sick. His jujitsu is sick. Like if you can get it to the ground, which meh, no easy task against Edson, but Bryce Mitchell's grappling has looked insane in his fights. So, but I feel like if he doesn't get to ground, ooh, Edson, mate. <laughs> Edson's so explosive. He's a lot bigger at 145 than a lot of the guys he fights. Uh, so he might just kick the living shit out of Bryce Mitchell. But, uh, you know, Bryce is like Louisiana tough, man. So we'll see. <laughs> That's my only, like, problems. Is I just think, like, is it... I mean, you're, it's like the, the purest ever grappler v striker you're going to see. But like, I don't know. That are there not better matchups? Like, you know, Salik Yusuf v Edson Barbosa, maybe, or like Josh Emmett v Edson Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen still hasn't fucking fought like anyone uh, in like a year at featherweight, and he's ranked number six. So, but yeah, I'm not complaining though. It's a good fight. It's very intriguing. Two guys, two fighters I really like. But yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. I just feel like Ed Bryce Mitchell might catch a fucking knee to the head or a little spinning heel kick, but yeah. Nah, we'll see. We'll see. Fucking hope we will. That's a sick fight though. Yeah. Intrig- intriguing man. So the last fight announcement of any real notice and value. Jan Blahovic getting straight back in there. Going to fight Alexander Rakic, uh, March 22nd. Uh, and, you know, fair fucking play to Jan. What a beast. Like, I'm guessing he didn't get injured in that fight against Glover then. He just kind of wasn't his day. The fact he's going to step in there, like, four, three months on. But I think it's a great fight. You know, you got Rakic is pretty much number one contender if you put Yuri and Glover, you know, above, because that's obviously the fight they're going to make. So I think I like it. You know, Jan V. Rakic, winner of that, gets the title shot. Um, unless Glover and Yuri have a fucking mad fight or whatever, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. You know, respect to Jan for stepping straight back in there. Yeah, absolutely. I think the loss to Glover really hurt him and he just wants to get right back on the horse and uh, reclaim his title. Well, if he loses those... Oh. Talk about yeah. going from uh, top to bottom, but I feel yeah. like it's the fashion he loses is important. If he gets, if he has like another performance like against Glover, then mm. you're fucked. But if it's like a crazy, or not even not even crazy, but if it's just a good competitive fight, you know, Rakic is no joke. Like Rakic is a fucking animal. He's been sleeping giant in that division for a long time. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see. I just, just good fight. <laughs> just a good fight, mate. No more needs to be said. So to finish up with this weekend's fight card, uh, we'll start with the main event. So Rob Font for Aldo. Fucking great fight. Such a good fight. Aldo coming off two wins. I think Font's coming off a pretty dominant performance against Cody Garbrandt. He kind of boxed his head off. Uh, it's really intriguing. Like, I don't know. It's going to be a striking kickboxing fight. And I just, I don't really know who wins. Uh, I think Font's got like a pretty big reach advantage. But Aldo's looked so good in his last two fights. Against Munoz, he looked like a killer. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know. I think Aldo's experience as well means, I think, stands for quite a lot in this. But, yeah, I I don't know how to call this. I think it could really go... I think a five-round decision and it'll be super close. Yeah. No, I agree. Because Rob Font's not... He's not necessarily like a finisher, is no. he? He's a bit more like volume. Uh, but Aldo... I just want to see Aldo chop the legs like constantly. Yeah, His well. leg kicks are just so <laughs> impressive when he throws them. But um, I want to see Aldo rip to Font's body as well. Just yeah, fucking high guard, ah. liver shots all day long. Yeah, that's a sick matchup as well. A really difficult one to call. I mm. really split down the middle on that one as well because uh, I just like both guys' chances. I think the fact that five lot. rounds as well. I think if it was a yeah. three-round fight. I'd be pretty confident in saying I think Aldo would probably get it done because he's probably a bit more explosive. But over five rounds, if I'm Font, I'm, it's pretty easy. I'm just keeping distance the whole fight. I think he's got a pretty sizable reach advantage. I'm not sure how big it is, but I know he's proper lanky for... Yeah, so a two-inch reach advantage. So not massive, but enough to make a difference in the fight. But, but yeah, fucking, we'll see. It's a very intriguing fight, though. Uh, I'll let you take the reins on the next one because I know it's a fight close to your heart. Oh, yeah. So you've got Rafael Ottman Fazeev taking on Brad Quake Riddell. Uh, both, I think both at one stage in their lives were head coaches or head kickboxing coaches at Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket in Thailand and uh, they're both just insanely technical strikers uh, you saw that in Fiziev's last fight with uh, Bobby Green Bobby Green like really awkward boxer that was a sick fight as well um, but yeah Fiziev just basically threw the kitchen sink at him very like diverse with his techniques um, it just throws heat with every single strike very like Muay Thai Sort of style, just every shot is insanely explosive. He doesn't, he doesn't really tap or like set anything up. He just throws with like lethal intent every single time. Um, much like Brad Riddell, to be fair, they're both very similar. His last fight was with uh, what's his face, uh, guy who Islam beat as well. Uh, Chad guy, fucking blockhead. Yeah, blockhead. Uh... I feel bad for forgetting his name. He's actually sick. Nah, fight well. come back to me. Oh fuck! It's on the tip of my tongue. D <laughs> something. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Like Jason something maybe or. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
That's going to fucking annoy me. Uh, Hold on. Brad. Brad. Oh, fuck. See if you can get there before so me, clearly man. as well. Fucking Drew Dober. Drew Dober, that's it. Drew Dober. Fucking Jason yeah. something like. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, Brad Riddell had a sick fight with Drew Dober. Uh, yeah. Just edged it. Both have the ability to finish the fight at any point. Uh, Fiziev, oh, to be honest, they're both just, they're both sick. Like, I, I know you're, you lean towards uh, Fiziev. Uh, I do, but to be honest, that was like something I said <laughs> fucking like two months ago when Fiziev beat, uh, what's his face? Moicano. Oh, no, when he beat Green, yeah. Bobby Green. So yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I literally have no idea. I think same. I think it's going to be just violence for three rounds. I don't know if I can really see someone getting a finish. Um, I don't know. It's one of them fights where like I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to watching it. It's going to be fucking yeah. the most like pure Muay Thai fight I've ever seen in the UFC. Uh, Me too. And they've both... <sighs> gone. Like, not many people. Uh, I don't think many people know Brad Riddell. Like the ability. Or the level that he's operating at, like yeah, I've seen like interviews of Adesanya saying he's like one of his toughest opponents in sparring. That's coming I, from um, a middleweight. I watched his fight with Yi Yi Long. What, what the monk? Yeah, yeah, the Shaolin monk guy. Yeah, in like twenty eleven. That's fucking <laughs> mental. That is literally mental. Like, yeah, Fredo got fucked up. <laughs> And like, yeah, still managed to win. <laughs> like dropping fucking legs, but yeah, yeah, crazy, bro. Like that's bizarre. That's like a bizarre style of fighter to face, though, isn't it? A Shaolin oh, yeah. monk who who like has trained to just take insane punishment and not react. Like not many people. Like I almost respect Riddell more for taking that because it's like it's like a different kind of challenge. Like you're you're hitting him with everything, yeah, every ounce of power, and just no reaction like it's fucking it's crazy but, yeah his I'm trying to find his Mai Tai record but it's not on here it's only showing his MMA record yeah um, but I reckon his Mai Tai record oh here it is kickboxing record 59 wins 10 losses that's not bad so you know very experienced fucking machine um, yeah. and a boxing fight as well but yeah I think um Oh mate, you're just amazing. And you look at this though, like he's fought in China, same as Izzy, Thailand, New Zealand, Australia, Dubai, Auckland. Yeah. He's fought all over the place in uh, kickboxing, Spain. He's Portugal. on like they've tried to sort of do the same thing with him that they did with Izzy, just make him an insanely high level kickboxer, and then develop his MMA skills and enter the UFC at a level where he could compete for the belt. He's on a seven-fight winning streak as well. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's four and zero. Yeah, I know, man. He's he's literally so good. Like, sick. yeah. I thought he <laughs> oh, lost good. to somebody. Nah, nah, nah. But nah, apparently not. Yeah. Nah, he's very, very good. Very good. And he, they've literally fed him killers. Yeah, like, I was about to say they fed him Profile, Jamie Malarkey, and Drew this, Dober. The, Brazi- the Brazilian guy he fought as well. Yeah, um, Silver Kalo. His his rec- that. That guy's record is like twenty three and one or something, twenty four and one or something. Like, yeah. they've just fed him absolute machines, and he's he's won every time. Like, yeah. Um, I just yeah, such a sick. This is such a sick matchup. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna change my pick and go for Riddell. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I really can't call it because they're both so technically good on the feet. Like, uh, and they both just got dog in them. Like, they don't. You've never really seen. I've I've not seen either of them within the UFC kind of like give up or, um, kind of I think, fold. So, I think they both know each other. Yeah, that's the interesting style, thing like, as well. I re- I reckon they would have trained and sparred together yeah. quite a bit. So enough times to know some stuff. Yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah, so yes, yeah, sick matchup. Yeah, sick, sick, sick matchup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, just to finish up on. We'll just talk about Jimmy Crute with against Jamal Hill. Uh, fight the other fights. They're not that important. Uh, <laughs> Nah, sorry, Clay Greeder, mate. I don't care. Uh, and Brendan Allen as well. Oh, to be fair, Brendan, Brendan Allen fighting Chris Curtis is a fucking banger. Um, Chris Curtis fighting like a month after that previous fight card. It's a bit mad. But anyway, Jimmy Crute, Jamal Hill. Um, it's pretty mad. Both of them coming off of like weird fighting ends. Remember Jamal Hill was elbow dislocated by Paul Craig. And Jimmy Crew got his leg, like his nerve in his leg, smashed up by uh, Anthony Smith when he couldn't walk out and come out for the second round. So they're both like massive, like heavyweight prospects coming off like strange losses. Well, I guess he wasn't that strange. His arm got bent. But but yeah, I don't know. This is a really good fight. I think Jimmy Crew, I'm leaning towards more. But either way, like they're both killers, both up and comers, so promising, like heavyweight. Um, yeah, I guess whoever wins kind of breaking, really break, trying to push for that top five. Yeah, just judging on the Paul Craig fight, Jamal Hill, though, uh, Jimmy Crute's like a very good grappler, so uh, if he can get it to the ground, that might be a telling, uh, that might be like a, an advantage for him. But nah, Jamal Hill's well dangerous on the feet, and obviously, I reckon since having that injury he's probably been working loads on his ground so yeah wicked fight yep there it is mate well all that day there it's been a been a good one good to be back and uh we'll be back next week enjoy the fights everyone yeah enjoy everyone see you on the next one